The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. Stu, how you doing, brother? I am doing excellent. Thanks for asking, Ryan. How about you? Doing better, man. Doing better. It's uh, you know, it's we're living in a in, in a crazy world where every day things are changing, and we're all trying to adjust to this new level of normal. So, you know, man, I um, I feel uh, I feel really good despite all of the the chaos that seems to be going on in our world right now, man. I'm I'm sure there's some curiosity uh, for those that are listening. You know, we talked last week about you having a, a positive test uh, for coronavirus. How are how's the recovery coming? How are the symptoms? And any advice out there for those that um, are worried about getting it or have it? Yeah, great question, man. I've been feeling much better um, over the past week. So this is week three now that I've kind of been in in quote unquote quarantine. Uh, the public health officials say that I'm allowed to go outside for runs with my dog, and that should be an issue, but they do require me to stay uh, inside still because I'm still showing uh, a little bit of a cough, but they're attributing that to uh, just lung irritation based off of uh, the amount of coughing I was doing previously. Energy levels are are a lot lower, um, and um, despite that, I've been feeling uh, very optimistic. I've been feeling very good. And I think for anybody who is is scared of getting the virus, the one thing I'll say is, um, as you and I actually talked about previously, it's hard on the body. It's hard on the body. So give your body a fighting chance by doing something for your mind. And I, I continue to, to preach this, and I've told this story online before, where um, on some days I just felt so fatigued. I felt the anxiety get the best of me. My, my I started to get very worried. And so I needed to take care of how I would think. So I started to put on comedies and laugh, put on movies that I enjoyed, put on music that gets me more excited and fills me with energy. Um, you know, I would call friends and surround myself with friends and family uh, over the phone, of course, who would give me energy. And I think that we got to take care of our minds in this time. And if we take care of our minds, you know, our bodies will definitely benefit from that as well. Um, but uh, it's definitely trying overall uh, mentally as it is physically. But um, I do believe that this is something that we can all get through together if we support one another. I think uh, great advice for whether you end up getting coronavirus or you're just trying to handle the quarantine blues. Um, oh, yes. Is trying to get out there and talk to your friends and getting control of what you can be in control of other than just worrying about what could be. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely agree with you, man. And on that same note, today what I want to talk about is <clears throat> this idea that there might be a community revolt against COVID-19 on the horizon. And what I mean by that is governments around the world, this is unprecedented in the fact that the world has been put on pause. People have been told to stay home. Don't go outside. Don't go to work. And so what we're seeing now is people revolting saying, listen, I can't do this for very long. I have a business to run. I have people that I'm responsible for. And we need to get back to some level of normal. <clears throat> We're starting to see 
people saying, you know, by the end of May, if, if we're not getting the go ahead, we have to change something up because right now we're playing checkers and we need to be playing chess. And the idea of us all staying home isn't feasible for very long for the economy. What do you say to people who are challenging that, who are saying, hey, I need to get back to servicing my community, servicing my clients, and I'm going to be doing more of a service by going back to normal than a disservice. How, how do you respond to that, man? What are your initial thoughts? Well, uh, what a tough question. Um, I've been talking to so many people about this particular question, and I have got the full spectrum of answers. Hmm. And I don't know that um, I can see it from, from everyone's perspective when you just carry a narrow focus. Hmm. Um, when, when you talk to the people who are, are saying that the things that um, that you're saying here, that there's, there's this uh, anxiety around getting back to work and normal life, um, I, I think it's, it's even more significant with people who are worried about running out of money, mm-hmm. who can't pay their rent, who can't feed their family. Um, man, I, I, I don't know how to answer those people. And, and we don't have the resources. Um, individually to help all of those people and, and put that fear behind them. So I really hope there's a, a concerted effort to put some pressure on our government to help those most vulnerable and in need um, to take those fears away so that they don't have to go out and put others in danger to try and uh, mitigate their uh, survivability. Um, Do you believe that governments overall have done a, sorry, Stu, do you believe that governments overall have done a good, good enough job of helping people quell those fears with uh, certain stimulus packages and um, uh, providing um, uh, money to people on a regular basis who have lost their jobs? Do you think they've done a good enough job where they don't have to worry about that? It's one of my favorite topics to talk about uh, between friends uh, (laughs) without an audience. (laughs) If I was to be realistic, though, um, I would say it's really easy to be an armchair policy uh, maker and and person. Um, You know, like looking at some of the policies that are getting made right now, I can see some glaring deficiencies where they're handing out um, money that's going to go into people's hands who don't really need it. Uh, it's gonna, not going to go into uh, a large amount of people who really do need it. Um, so I think we do need to do a better job um, from the policy perspective of guiding that to those in need. If, if, we, if, the, if this is going into people's hands that already have the resources to get through this, then um, it's not going to help the economy. Um, and the government's going to run out of money before this is potentially over. So we really do need to do some, uh, put some pressure on our governments to make certain that we're being efficient with these funds. These are unprecedented amounts of stimulus getting put into the economy. And if we don't do it right from the government level, then um, we're going to have severe debt problems on the other side of this. I do believe that we, the government is doing their, their best to help. But at the same time, let's bring it back to what we can control ourselves. What can we control as individuals? Because that's what I want to focus on. So our ability to adapt, to improvise, to pivot in the face of stress 
is paramount at this point in time. And so what I'd love to bring this back to is how can our community adapt given this new normal? Because what we're trying to do is we're seeing this fight to go back to what normal used to be. But what if we can't do that? Like, Stu, you and I can go back to our level of normal, but I'm sorry, if our clients and the rest of the world doesn't do it, then what are we doing? We're going to go back to normal for a couple of days and realize, uh-oh, I'm just kind of an island on my, uh, I'm on an island all by myself, so now i got to go back. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot of, actually. I don't think you're going to see a mass uh, change of people who are willing to 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 curt the uh, advice of uh, the powers that be that are telling us to stay home. So this is really important for us as communities to adapt. So what are you seeing currently from communities yourself in terms of how they're uh, being able to adapt? Okay, so um, I, I think there's lots of different things we can do. Um, and I'm sure we've all heard of tons of things that we can be doing. Mm -hmm. But to bring it back um, a little bit to your first question mm. and um, talk about a little bit uh, something that I have some personal experience in um, is your, your first question was these people that want to get back to um, the way it was and, and probably to the detriment of many people and, and to some people's lives. Uh, some of them are, are doing this out of fear. And, and perhaps the, the lack of belief they can continue on the way it's going right now. And in my personal experience is that um, humans are highly adaptable. Um, for example, we, we've talked about this for myself. I'm, I'm losing my sight. Uh, I've been, you know, been doing that my whole life. And every time I lose a new level of vision, I have to adapt to my surroundings. And it's not something that, um, uh, it's something when I, when that change happens at first, you know, I feel this like anxiety, um, about worrying how this is going to affect me. But once I put it into practice and realize it's nowhere near as bad as the fear I've created in my mind, things go back to, to what I perceive as normal, even though I have a differing level of vision to navigate this world with it's it's something that um i, I just get used to it's the new normal mm -hmm. and and i don't have a different level of happiness um after i've adjusted and and that like i kind of like relate that back to our situation here is that we as as humans as people as communities are highly adaptable mm -hmm. and we can all figure out this new normal and as long as we don't use this comparison lens to what things were, then the saying that um, I have brought to the show a couple of times is the comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. When you start comparing your situations um, before or other people's situations to ours, you start to one, you're really just comparing what's better than ours um, usually. And you start to get this negative bias and you start to um, lose this happiness because you're naturally trying to find a better situation. You compare your own situation to those that I was describing and you become less happy. Yes. When we get out of that mindset and we just focus on our present and focus on adapting to the situation the best we can, focusing on control, um, we will find that uh, level of happiness we had before. 
even though our situation's changed. So to answer your question, I'm answering it more in general. Like there's thousands of different ways to adapt to this new situation and everyone's variables are different. So I can't specifically uh, cite one to say it applies to everybody, but in general, like I know we can do it. I've participated in parasports and seen um, everyone in parasports has a varying level of um, abilities and, and they've taken those abilities, applied them to real life and they're, they're all really successful in their own right. Um, and I think that that kind of metaphor really applies to the situation where we're all figuring out this new normal right now and who, no long, how, who knows how long it's going to last for. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we apply that, this doesn't have to be a, a, a depressing or an anxious state we have to go through. It's just something that we'll all figure out together. I love the comparison that you made uh, with you losing your, your sight. Again, that's something that maybe some of our listeners um, weren't aware of. So I'm glad that you brought that up. But I, I love the comparison and, and the ability to adapt um, to and compare that to what we're going through right now. And we're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, companies adapting, pivoting, changing, innovating in the face of this new normal. They're not fighting to go back to the what, what normal used to be. They're looking at their circumstances right now and saying, Given what I have right now, the cards that I've been dealt, how do I play these as best as I can? So we're seeing restaurants and pubs. It's it's very common to see them improvising and pivoting to become uh, grocery delivery stores. And I love that. It's a way to continue to uh, generate revenue, keep the lights on, and service their community. Gyms and trainers. Yes, they've had to close up. And trainers who did one-on-one coaching, they can't do that anymore. So what they've done is they've transitioned to move towards online workouts so they can maintain the connection with their client base. They can maintain uh, their ability to service them. And that makes people feel good too because it's it's maintaining their focus on their goals to maintain good bodies and good physical as well as mental health. You're seeing consultants moving from like in-person to doing online training. Um, <clears throat> some of my clients have even come to the realization that the market has dried up. No one is buying. So the way that they're adapting is they're stepping back and creating new programs in their business. They're developing new marketing plans, developing sales strategies so that when they come out of this, they're locked and loaded and ready to go. So again, it comes down to a question of constraints. And these constraints, they're forcing us to be creative. They're forcing us to innovate. They're forcing us to act our way out of these troubles. And so the advice really that, that I'm giving <clears throat> is don't try and go back to what normal used to be. What hand were you dealt and how are you going to play this one accordingly? And use these examples of, you know, these restaurants, these pubs, these consultants, um, these uh, personal trainers. How are they adapting? What can we learn from them? And you know what? How can we help our community? So <clears throat> I'll use my example where even myself, somebody who's got a background in resilience, sales, marketing, product development. How can I help my community, those people who are struggling right now to keep their lights on? They are so stressed, they can't be creative. So how can I help them? How can I use the services, the things that I specialize in to help my community? I think that's something we have to do more of, man. We have to think, what is my expertise? What am I great at? And how can I help? 
not how can I sell myself, but how can I help? Because in this time, people need more help. And I don't know if you're seeing other examples of this that you might want to share with us, but this is what I think we got to double down on as a community, man. We got to help one another out. That's uh, a perfect segue. First, I just want to um, remember a book I read. It was called uh, Abundance um, mm. uh, by Peter Diamandis, and I think it's Stephen Cutler. And, and they talked about how uh, basically like necessity is, is the mother of innovation. Wow. And um, this is one of those times where we're forced to, you, you talk about constraints, we're forced to figure this out. And through that, we've seen, and they describe very well in this book, that that is the most innovative our species is. So they say that you talk about climate change and, and um, you know, bio um, diseases that, that go around the planet, this is when humans are at our best. So that's what gives me hope in this situation yeah. is that yes. we are, we're going to find the best of people right now mm. and get the most out of ourselves. Mm. Those that take, take on the challenge that you're kind of asking right now. Um, so um, to answer your question, yeah, there's, I, I read a story uh, yesterday about the Silicon Valley bros uh, it was hilariously written by the Wall Street Journal, um, and it's these guys named Jake and Drew. They're best buddies. They live together. Uh, they're venture capitalists for logistics uh, industry, and they got a text message from somebody they know or to work with and says, hey, we got 90 million uh, N95 masks. Um, do you know what we can do with this? Uh, and they thought, like, <laughs> why don't you just call somebody like everyone on the planet wants these masks right now mm -hmm. and and they were the ones this person was going to because uh, they knew it'd be easiest to go through them and and they actually cited some stories like we tried to go like government we tried to call hospitals and not getting back to us hmm. and and so what these two dudes found uh they call themselves dudes all the time <laughs> apparently and uh <laughs> what these guys found was that um the hospital procurement uh, people aren't very agile uh, they're not very good at dealing outside of their norms. And these two dudes uh, were great at failing fast, learning, solving problems, and, and figuring out uh, tougher situations. Mm -hmm. So these guys brought in all of their networks, all of their infrastructure. They started a charity called Operation Mask. And over the last, I think, like six weeks or so, um, they've been able to uh, divert and acquire for different governments in their country, the United States, over 300 million masks Whoa. that states, hospitals weren't able to get for themselves. Wow. And, and so I tell that story because it kind of like answers your question and brings it back to what we talk about on this podcast, the community of big hearts a lot. And is the main message of, of what we talk about is find your skill use that now and now more than ever um life is on the line if we can figure out how to use our particular skills and leverage those uh, and make a difference we literally can be saving lives like these guys are saving saving probably tens of thousands of people's lives uh yes. by using their skills um we can do those little things and, and save and help those in need so for example um, well, I, I, I know we didn't plan on talking about this, Ryan, but mm -hmm. I got a message from your assistant saying that you've cleared your calendar for a month mm. um, outside of these podcasts, I guess. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs> and you are putting your skills uh, to use 
in the community to help. And right. uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about uh, yeah. what you're doing? Would love to, man. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, we weren't going to talk about that, but hey, let, let's do it, man. Let's roll with it. I love it. So, um, <laughs> what what I've really noticed is there's there's so much stress going on right now in uh, the world of business where um, companies are facing such mass disruption that they need to pivot. But when I get on the phone with them, they're in tears. They have so much stress. They don't know what to do. They are frozen in fear. And so with my expertise in resilience, sales, uh, marketing, product development, I know that I can help. So what I need to do at this point in time is kind of take a pause even on my own business to do what I can do to help these people. Because these people are servicing this one individual, these CEOs, they're responsible for so many people's livelihoods. And if they have to lay them off, then that creates more stress. So what can I do at this point in time for a month straight, for 30 days to make an impact in my community with the businesses that are out there? And I'm literally phoning up and saying, hey, here's how how I can help. I'm not charging anything. I just want to help. Do you need help? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then let's get on a Zoom call and let's discuss. Let's do some consulting. Let me help. Let me service my community. And this is the kind of thing that, again, like you said, this is at the heart of the community of big hearts. It's what skill do you have and how can you help? And um, that's what I'm trying to do at this point in time. And I've given myself 30 days to make an impact in my community, the city that I work in and the country that I I live in. And I've seen some great discussions happen. Some great actions are being taken and uh, hope is being spread around just because of um, my expertise in being able to share this with people. I'm telling you, man, it's it's definitely not altruistic because I'm getting so much pleasure out of being able to help so many people. So it goes both ways. And and just to, to point out what's happening is that you're giving up a, a portion of, of your income this month. Yes, um, that's correct. And, and, and the other side of that, you're helping hundreds, if not maybe thousands of people stay employed. That's right. Yeah. Through this time. Yeah. Uh, and you just talk about the amount of time and money that you put in to have that kind of impact. I imagine everyone who's listening to this would make the same sort of exchange if they knew how. Mm. Um, it's just so fulfilling, so impactful. And, and probably there's a bit of bias. People listening to this kind of podcast are going to want to have that kind of impact. That's true. Uh, but uh, we, we really want to inspire that message. And that's, the origins of what we talked about in this podcast, trying to inspire small business mm-hmm. to take their specific skill set and give it back in some way to their community, leverage that skill set, which costs them far less than anyone else going out to pay for those full price services mm-hmm. and just give back a little bit. Absolutely. Right now we can be saving lives. You're saving employment. Um, you're saving um, anxiety, stress, maybe somebody's life. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine who we've met on this podcast, Taylor Crawford, keeps shooting me messages this last uh, uh, two weeks. He keeps saying, hey, do you, do you need any um, hand sanitizer uh, bottles? <laughs> um, I, I have a line on, on 30,000 of them, and I'm going to be delivering them to the front lines. Wow. Um, Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And, and I said, look, honestly, like we really could. We need to keep our movers safe. We need to keep our customers safe and in the environments that they work in uh, safe. So we, we would love to purchase uh, some of those from you. Um, 
and he's great. So he, he's working on that. And then I think two days later, he, he started talking about um, masks and gloves. Amazing. And he's doing the same thing with those. I said, no, nah, get those to the frontline workers. He's, um, he's worked on, he, he sent me a list of a, a bunch of things that he's doing this morning. And we plan on getting him on the podcast soon to talk about the impact he's having mm-hmm. um, while some of this stuff is landing. But just yeah. like so proud um, of, of him and, and how much of a shining example he is in this community. Um, and, and so about the same time, somebody from, from my team, like our team knows how much we want to make a difference in our community. And they brought up this idea. They said, Hey, these distilleries are, um, are switching over some of their production to make uh, sanitizer and they're, they're donating to the front lines. Wow. And they said, can we deliver this for them? Mm. And I said, man, that, that is an Beautiful. amazing idea. So, so we reached out to, uh, we found that there was 37 distilleries in Western Canada that were doing this. Um, so it, it, once one started doing it, like many others started to, mm-hmm. we reached out to every single one of them to see if they needed help with transportation logistics, getting these pallets of hand sanitizers to hospitals, to police stations, those, those people who really need it. Um, so that's been really rewarding for our company. And it started with um, somebody uh, in our front lines making that suggestion to us so it doesn't need to be the leaders of companies coming up with the idea the ideas um everyone especially people in the front lines are going to have those ideas to, to have impact Absolutely. so we're, we're really proud about um finding new innovative ways and there are many people doing more than we are um, that are having impact and saving lives and i know that you as well as i would love to hear those stories so if anyone listened to this has read any stories in the newspaper or you know of anybody it doesn't matter if they're an individual a company a community coming together we would love to hear these stories we would love to do the bragging for you we would just love to share it as a way to inspire people to use their skills to give back to their community again that's the core message here at the community of big hearts. And right now, as you told me earlier, Stu, this is um, never, it's never been more important than to get this message out right now. And we're seeing a lot of this and the more we can shed a light on this, um, I think the better we will all be and the more inspiration we can drive and perhaps maybe more actions uh, we can drive to benefit our community. So these are all amazing stories and um, it's truly um, uh, inspiring to me to hear the stories of Taylor, hear the stories of yourself and just see how as a community, we're all able to adapt in the face of, um, uh, of this crisis. And uh, I just hope that we can see more of this uh, come out in the, the weeks uh, to come. Yeah. A lot of hope um, kind of finishing message here. Like there's a lot of hope for me that, that I'm getting from this now. Um I think it helps that I got outside in the sun and went for a walk <laughs> with the family. Um, but yeah, re- really energized right now about how we're going to look as a society coming out of this. Uh, how we really all need to band together and, and help and innovate. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a hopeful world for me. But I really appreciate the conversation today as usual, Ryan. Um, I hope you continue to rest and feel better each day. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Community of Big Hearts. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. 
If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change, a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation, or a community member just doing their part to make their community a better place, please send Stu an email and let him know and maybe they can be featured on a future episode of the Community of Big Hearts. You can email Stu at Stu at TwoSmallMen.com. Again, that's Stu at TwoSmallMen.com. Thank you again for listening.